0: Praise the Lord. Good morning. As you find your way back to your seat, we have a few announcements this morning. It is January 28th. The weather is getting better. I try not to look at the weather, so I don't know what's, what's in the forecast. So today it's warmer. I have family coming to town from Florida this weekend, and I said, you just missed it. They're like, missed what? This is freezing. I'm like, no, this is nice. It's all relative, right? When you were minus 20 and now it's 33, that's a 50, 53 degree difference. Praise God. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking there for a minute. Now, now I'll say it. Thanks for the title. When you are, it's, it's, it's a temperature thing. It's relative, right? You see the difference, and the difference is what makes the difference. But that's how it is in our walk with God. It's not how far I am or how cold or how hot. It's what I was compared to yesterday, right? It's that I'm growing, I'm changing, I'm learning. Okay, announcements. If this is your first time at Calvary Gospel Church or listening online, thank you for being here. We're glad to worship with you this morning. there's a kiosk in the back, a little half-circle desk. We have a few points of information we want to give you and ask you. We have a small gift for you. If, if you want, you can go online to the Billy link. But more than anything, we're just happy to have you worshiping with us. We love worshiping God and connecting with God together. So thank you for being here. If you feel compelled to give this morning, you can give in one of the boxes that's posted on the wall. You can send it in by mail. You can go online to cgcmadison.org. Or you can use the Church Center app. We have an app uh, If you need help getting on one of those, just find one of the ushers or find one of the pastors, we can help you. And then this Friday is February. We are in February this Friday. Yes, like we're one-twelfth of the way done with the year. Almost. This February, February 2nd, is all-church prayer at 7 p.m. So come to all-church prayer. We'll be praying together, praying for our church, our community. God's going to do great things. And then the, the last announcement before we pray is that we have a marriage workshop coming up. Very quickly. It's called A Date to Remember. It's by Brother Ahi and Kami Giwa, who are awesome. They, they do marriage counselors all over the place. They're licensed. Uh, sorry, not counselors. They do marriage seminars. They're licensed counselors. And so this is February 16th through the 18th. There's going to be a, a bonus session on Sunday morning, the 18th, that you can come to. It's, it's held off-site. It's, there's going to be a bunch of churches that are invited to this. Um, but it's going to be a great time. But here's the thing. The, the normal cost for what they do, because it's so awesome and because it includes food, is $250. But Pastor wants to invest in the marriages and the couples of this church. And so he said he's going to cover the first $100. So if you click on that, if you however take a picture of that, it'll show that it's only $150. You can sign up for the 16th, 17th, and 18th because we want to invest in our families. We want to invest in the marriages of this church so scan the QR code there's flyers posted on the doors and register to go to that it's going to be a great time and I guarantee you're going to learn something and your marriage is going to be blessed let's all stand this morning I don't come to church because I have to Some I have before you have before right but I come to church because I, I want to connect with God We did at 10 a.m. this morning. We're going to here today at 11. The kids did at 10 a.m. And so let's just pray that God God speaks to us this morning. Let's give him glory and honor. Let's praise him in worship. Let's pray that God connects with us this morning and speaks into our heart. And also, let's pray for our pastor. I don't know if some of you have heard, but he has an issue with his foot. He went into the ER this week. They're looking at it still trying to figure out everything that's causing it and all that. But it's in a lot of pain. And he has to keep it up and elevated And so we can't be preaching right? Because that's not up and elevated. It would look really weird if he was doing this, right? And so let's pray for our pastor. Let's lift him up in prayer this morning and pray that God has his way this morning. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you for the service. God, thank you for being here, for being in our lives, for trying to make a difference, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your way in this service. Open every heart and mind to hear from you. Let it be good soil that you that your word falls on, God. I pray that you would anoint the music, that you would anoint the musicians, that you would anoint Pastor Seidel, anoint this pulpit, God. Let every word that brings forth out of this, God, be of you. God, I pray that your word would fall on good soil. Let your will be done today, God. And we lift up our pastor, Lord, his foot is you, God. We pray that you would heal his foot that you would deliver him of this pain, that you would remove it and make him whole, God. And we pray that you would strengthen him and encourage him and give him vision and direction and and, and peace, God. God, we, we declare all this in your name, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: And in the morning. Do we believe that this morning? In the morning.
2: Let's we'll
1: sing that together. Your light
3: can drown out darkness and bring our joy to light. When we'll commit sorrow, our joy is coming in the morning. God bless, we can bring, bring our joy to life. We won't our submit prayer. to sorrow. Our, our joy is coming in the morning.
1: was teaching Sunday school this morning for the adults. Uh, the praise team was kind of looking around at each other like, was he in our practice this morning? I don't know, maybe he stuck in, snuck in the side door or something. But all the things that we were talking about in our practice this morning and why we chose to sing the songs that we chose to sing, um, he came in and preached it all to us all over again. And it was a confirmation for us that, that God wants to do something. I feel the Lord prompting me to share a vulnerability that I don't feel very comfortable to share. But I feel prompted to, and especially after everything lined up with what was preached this morning. Many of you may know, many of you may not know, but I, I have a very difficult background in my life. I've come from a really hard place. I've been in some very abusive, difficult situations in my life. And I've been on a healing journey, and God has brought me so far, and He has been so faithful. But there are seasons in my life, and one of these seasons or moments happened this weekend, where I went to do something seemingly insignificant. It was uh, something important that I had to take care of, but My husband and I had to drive a couple hours. We had to go take care of this situation and um, get everything squared away and come home. And I don't know why. I, I can't really put into words exactly what happened. But that situation triggered me deeply. And I came home and was struggling with all of these emotions from past trauma. All of these situations, all of these really difficult, dark moments, dark feelings, difficult things to wade through. And I've done my fair share of wading through these, you know, but sometimes God works on these things in layers. And I struggled all weekend. I struggled. I have cried. I have prayed. My husband has been a very good listening ear as I'm trying to work through these things. But I think it's interesting that this happened in this timing because the Lord laid this set and this song on my heart, and then Pastor Peter started preaching this morning and confirming that we're lining up somewhere in the spirit with something. God wants to communicate to somebody. This song talks about God being the same God as He was yesterday, so is He today. But it says, I will not be discouraged. Even when I'm discouraged, I'll remind my soul of all that you've done before. I will not be distracted even in the middle of distraction because I will trust the one who is greater than the storm. Even in my darkest moments, this is the truth that I'm holding, that the same God who made a way, is the same God who is still here today. Whether it's the story of Esther as we heard so so wonderfully put together this morning or whether it's the story of trauma where where the Lord is helping me and leading me through these dark moments, whether it's a broken marriage, whether it's a financial pressure, whether it's whatever it is, whatever the situation may be. The songs that we're singing this morning are about saying exactly what Pastor Peter said. I might not see it. I might not feel it. I might not understand what's going on in my life right now. But there is one thing, that I have a sure foundation in Jesus Christ. And I am going to plant my feet in faith. I am going to plant my feet that if God says he's a healer, if God says he's a deliverer, if God says that he is whatever he is, then I choose to put my mind on that. So yes, trauma is distracting. But I'm not going to be distracted even in the middle of distraction because I'm going to put my mind and my eyes on Jesus Christ. So I don't know who that's for. I don't know who's facing what they're facing. But I know that God very intentionally orchestrated this morning for somebody, maybe for a few somebodies, and I just ask that as we go through this next part of us worshiping together, that if you're discouraged, if you are if you are heavy laden, if if you don't feel like there's a way, if the enemy is overwhelming your mind, you know, trauma is overwhelming. Those thoughts take over sometimes, even your body. But I, what did Peter, Pastor Peter say this morning? He says, we can choose to run or we can choose to fight. And today, I think God is calling somebody who's discouraged to choose to fight, to choose to stand up and say, I know who wins. He wins. I know who has the victory. He has the victory. Amen. Can we just close our eyes, Lord? You've already met us here so beautifully this morning, God. And I know that you're going to continue as as Pastor Seidel comes and preaches the word to us, God. But I pray right here in this moment that you'd start a work. Start something in us. Break down walls. Break down discouragement. Break down barriers, God. Lord Jesus, whatever it is, through this difficult weekend that I've had, Lord God, I know you have a plan and a purpose, and you're going to do something, God. And I want, Lord, to step out in faith and in vulnerability right now in this moment, God, and believe that you're going to work and to do something something, Lord, because you are the same God. Your word says you are the same yesterday, you are the same today, and you are the same forever, God, and I worship you for that this morning, Jesus. I praise you for that this morning, God. I wonder if you're comfortable, if you could just lift up your voice and just talk to him. Oh, God, we worship you. You are all-powerful, Lord Jesus. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords.
2: I will be discouraged Even when I'm discouraged I'll remind my soul of all you've done before
1: and I won't be distracted Even in the
2: distraction I will trust the one who's greater than the sky
1: will trust the one who is greater than the strong. And I don't need
2: another reason, I don't need more convincing, the same God who made a way is the same God who's here today, and even in my
3: darkest moments, This will be the truth I'm holding. The same God who made a way is the same God who's here to play. You're shaking, and I'm shaking.
0: Having done all I
3: To the have- Victory, and- like, be victory, 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 is victory, got victory, victory,
1: I wonder if whatever that situation is right now, if you do something with me, if you just look down at your feet, think about what that situation is, and imagine yourself stepping on it. There's sometimes we have to do something in the physical to remind ourselves of what's happening in the spiritual, right? So whatever that situation is, imagine it right now. Put it on the floor. And put your foot on it. Because victory is ours because he's already defeated. He defeated it. Whatever that is, he defeated it in Jesus' name. He's conquered it in Jesus' name. He's answered it in Jesus' name. Let's sing that again. Victory is ours. Victory is ours and the enemy is defeated.
3: He's a victory is ours and the enemy, is a feeding, is a feedback, victory is ours and the enemy, is a he's a victory is ours and the enemy, is defeated. is a Cause the same power, the same power that crushed the enemy. The power of the Holy Ghost, Jesus.
1: God, you are faithful, Lord God. You are not a God of yesterday, God. You are not a God of yesterday, but you are also the God of today, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, God. We worship you, Jesus.
2: Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you believe that He
1: is still moving? Can you believe that he is still moving? Hallelujah. He is still proving to us today just
2: how great of a God that he is. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, we thank you for the victory. We put
1: our eyes on you, Jesus. We put our eyes on the things that we can't see. I wanna encourage somebody this morning, and maybe I'm just encouraging myself but I want to encourage somebody this morning that he's still
2: moving. Cause he's still moving and he's
3: still proving just how great
2: is still proving just
1: idol has a great
2: message for us let's just wait here in a moment is there anything too hard for god
1: weight on him. His presence is what is what heals.
2: He wants our worship. He wants our praise.
4: Praise God. Let's worship the Lord in Jesus' name. Praise God. The presence of God is in this place. The Holy Ghost is ministering to us as a congregation, as individuals. It's good to be in the house of God. It's good to feel God's presence. Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles, if you will, to Acts 7. And I'm going to read verses 59, 60, and Acts 8:1. I want to speak. Still this morning, uh, traveling by basket, traveling by basket. Acts seven fifty nine, and they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. The church was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask, O God, for your blessing and remainder of this service, as you have already blessed us with your word and your presence. Continue, I pray, in the Holy Ghost to minister to each of us. Let me be your vessel to be used of you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Amen. This event in the book of Acts was a turning point in the history of the church. The church was at Jerusalem, the Bible says. They were kind of living on the moves of God that took place at Pentecost and, and the events that took place shortly thereafter, miraculous events, to be sure, and anointing of God upon the church in the in their ministry in the temple and in all of Jerusalem. But now God... God allowed the church to be spread out because that was his will, that was his desire. This this persecution that arose uh came upon the church and God used it for his ends, for his purpose. God has a way of using negative circumstances and negative situations and bringing about a positive event. Amen. God has a purpose in 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 everything. I I don't believe that necessarily God uh always puts us in a situation where it's harmful or hurtful, but I do believe that every difficult situation, that God has a way out of it, and he has a plan for us to to gain from it. Amen? Amen. Look at 2 Kings 7. In this story, Syria was at war with Israel, and God uh, was ministering to Israel through the prophet Elisha. And uh, Syria was trying to uh, trap and, and overcome Israel. But every time uh, Syria moved, God gave a message to the king through the prophet to avoid whatever it was that Syria was doing. Uh, king Ben-Hadad finally besieged Samaria, the, the capital of Israel at that time, the northern kingdom. And in 2 Kings chapter 7, we read, There were four leprous men at the entering of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit here until we die? Maybe that's we can ask ourselves that question. Why just sit here until we die? So the the city was besieged and there was no more food. There was no more uh, uh, of what they needed for everyday living and they were starting to suffer inside the city. People were starving. Terrible things were taking place as a result of it. And here are these two men who... These four men, I'm sorry, who were had leprosy, which in itself is something a terrible uh, uh, traumatic situation to, to live with. But now all of the, the city is in a s- state of trauma. So they said, "Well, you know, w- w- what's the big deal? We're going to die here. We leave the city, we're going to die." If we enter the city then famine is in the city and we shall die there and if we we are sit still here we die also. Therefore come let us fall into the host of the Syrians. At least there's food out there. If they save us alive we shall live and if they kill us well we're just going to die. Hey, you know what? We're all going to die. So while we spend our time here on this earth, we might as well do something for a God that's real and that's eternal and that's alive. Amen. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when, and when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. They were all gone. For the Lord made the host of Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried then silver and gold and raiment and went in and hid it. And came again and entered into another tent and carried tents also and went and hid it. Amen. The worst possible situation now is turned around because God did something that nobody understood or nobody was prepared for, nobody expected. God can do that in our lives, you know. We, We don't necessarily have to understand what he's about to do. We don't necessarily have to give God instructions or directions on how to solve our situation. He knows the end from the beginning. There's a lot more to this story. But I want to focus on this, this thought. If we stay here, we die. If we go out there, we die. That, that's the story of life, isn't it? As the great Klingon philosopher Worf once said, Perhaps it is a good day to die. Paul said this. For me to live as Christ, I'm gonna preach that someday. Perhaps it's a good day to die. For me to live as Christ, to die is gain. See if I'm gonna spend my life for something the best thing I can spend my life for is Jesus Christ. Amen. See, he gave his life for me. That's the least I can do is live my life for him. Amen. I was born again when I repented and was baptized in Jesus' name. The Bible says that I was buried with him in baptism when I took on his name. And Romans tells us that we arise to the newness of life. My life was never the same when he filled me with his Holy Spirit. Praise God. I've got a brand new life. You see, we, most of us here have already made that choice. We made a choice. We took his life on because he gave it to us. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. We didn't know what would happen. We didn't know what was going to take place in the future. I had no idea what, was gonna, what my relationship with Calvary Gospel Church or my relationship with the woman that I was going to marry or what, what my ministry was going to be like. I had no idea what God was going to do for me with, with uh, wonderful children and, and uh, wonderful grandchildren. I didn't know any of that. I only knew that I needed God. If I stay here, I'm going to die, I thought. Praise God. We don't know what God's going to do. We can't see what great things he has in store for us. But if we stay where we are, we'll never experience it. Praise God. Look at Exodus 1, verses 15 through 17. The king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives of which the name of the one was Shiphrah and the name of the other was Pua. And he said, when you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God. Everyone say "Fear God and did not, as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. Jump down to verse 22. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. See, the, the, the midwives weren't getting it done, so now he's going to make a make a rule that everybody has to just, all the Hebrews just have to, kill their children, not rely on the midwives midwives to do it. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took him for him an ark of bulrushes, a basket, and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. Amen. Traveling by basket. I'm not sure that, you know, this was the only child that, that was there in the, in the bulrushes or that was, that was put in a basket like this in a river. It may not have been the only one. I don't know. Maybe there was like a parade of baskets going down the river. And the, the Pharaoh's daughter said, I like that one. A baby buffet, maybe, I don't know. We don't know that. But we do know that, that she, uh, Moses' mother, did what she could. She kind of, kind of followed the law by putting this baby in the river, but just happened to have a basket underneath him. See, we can't let our culture determine what's right and wrong for us. We can't let the the world's lack of morality erase our sense of morality. Right and wrong is not determined by social media, right and wrong is determined by the Word of God. The Word of God stands forever, it never changes. Persecution is nothing new to God's people. We have it really good here in America, and in, in the Western world, but there's a level of persecution that's building. It, it used to be acceptable. It used to be honorable even in, in American society to be a Christian. Now you say the word Christian, and, and some people, they just kind of draw back like, leprosy or something it's nothing new the the type of persecution that we experience for the most part is is social psychological maybe even you know it might cost us our job if we stand up for Jesus Christ but people are losing their lives around the world for being Christians you know in every age In every age, when God raises up a people for his name, the world resists it. The world fights against it and eventually persecutes God's people. We have been put here for a reason, for a purpose. These are the last days, and this is the church of the living God. We're the only hope for a lost and dying world. In every age, God raises up a people. And they suffer at the hands of their culture because the system of this world is set against the will of God. Paul talked about spiritual warfare with powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. Ours is not a political warfare, it's not even a social warfare, it's a spiritual warfare. The great revival that we want to experience in the end time will not happen because the church gains dominance in our culture. The revival that we are going to experience, the Bible says that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. In the last days, perilous, treacherous times will come. End time revival will happen, and our culture will be opposed to it. Moses had to travel in a basket. What what are we gonna What are we going to give our next generation to travel in? How is it that that What are we providing for them to survive? the culture around us what's the basket for the next generation we can't just do church like we've always done church we can't do that we can't we won't be allowed to it won't we won't exist if we stay here we die back to the early church acts chapter 9 Saul now is persecuting the church by chapter 9 this is uh, this they're they're feeling the squeeze the church is being pushed out Saul's chasing Christians to bring them into prison and even have them put to death but suddenly Paul's on the road to Damascus and he's struck down and he's struck blind and And God Himself speaks to him and says, Why are you persecuting me? Saul doesn't understand. He's fighting the church, and God's talking to him, Why are you persecuting me? And He said, I'm Jesus who you're persecuting. Where do you want to be in that equation? Where do I want to be in that equation? We want to be in the body of Christ. That means we're going to be persecuted. He's sent to wait for Ananias who God speaks to him through an angel and he's sent to his side and he comes and guess what? Same thing happens there that happened on the day of Pentecost. He's baptized in Jesus' name. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Later on we find out, yes, he spoke in tongues. His eyes are healed. He can see again. Maybe that's what we're afraid of. I don't like that idea. I, I don't like being ostracized. I don't like being being uh, made fun of. But maybe, maybe we want to fit in a little too much sometimes. We don't, no one likes, we didn't, I didn't join up to be persecuted. <laughs> but Joshua said this, choose you this day who you will serve, whether it's the gods on the other side, of the Jordan, or if it's the God of heaven and earth, we still have that choice. Because, trust me, believe it or not, the people in the world, they have their gods. Jesus said, only those who keep their shoulder to the plow and don't look back are going to make it. Jesus said, those who deny me that they'll be denied by him. That's a scary scary thought, to think that that Jesus Christ would deny me. We have a choice. We accept and live by the world's philosophies or we accept the simple word of God. It's, you know, I have a hard time when someone says, well, you know, I'm not sure I believe everything in the book. I'm not sure I believe all the Bible. I'm not sure that means what it says. Well, either you believe the word or you don't. Either you believe the word or you don't. Acts 6-7. You see, the church was... In Jerusalem. They were in Jeru- That's where they were. Uh, it was a Jewish church, which was God's plan to begin with. But they, they stayed in Jerusalem. Acts 6 7 says, The word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Praise God. Man, they were having revival. They're having a great church. Souls being saved. And then Stephen starts doing stuff, performing miracles and things, and, and, and uh, everybody notices. And the persecution arises. I've heard it taught and taught it myself different ways. You know, did God cause the persecution? Did He allow the persecution? Really, I think it's a natural course of events. Historically, biblically, every time God's people rise up and stand for the word of God, the world comes against it. There's always opposition to the truth. Maybe they forgot the charter of the church. Maybe they, in all of the excitement, in all of the... Matthew twenty-eight eighteen says, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. All the nations, not just Jerusalem, not even just Judea or even Samaria, but the uttermost part of the earth. Acts 1 and 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith ye, ye have heard of me. And John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days since. All right? Wait till you get the Holy Ghost, then go. It's, it's exciting to be part of a, a vibrant church. It's exciting to have God move among us to to hear about miracles, to experience miracles, to see God change lives. But it's not all supposed to take place in a bubble. Our lives, our lifestyles may have to be diminished. We may have to be Reduced to traveling in a basket before we can really do what God wants us to do. But he's promised to never leave us or forsake us. Acts 1 and 8 says, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. How many here have received the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Look at the power in this place. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. This is the flip side. A different approach maybe to the to what we've been receiving in teaching from our pastor. Opportunity knocks. Opportunity knocks. We need, to take, we need to take advantage of the opportunity because eventually we're going to be put in a spot where we're going to have to make some really difficult choices. Now, that doesn't mean that, that the whole world's going to crumble next week, but it may crumble for you. It may crumble for another brother or sister in the church, but it, it, as a whole, do we really believe in the end time revival? Do we really believe that, that, this is, that what the Bible says is going to happen, is going to happen? Because if we do, then if we look around, we're seeing all the signs. These are the last days. Acts 1 and 8, Jesus promised we'd receive power. And he said, spread out. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. I don't know that the church failed God in Jerusalem, and that's why He allowed the persecution to teach them a lesson. I don't. I don't. I, I used to believe that, but I'm not sure I like that. They were having a great. They were having great revival. But but God wanted to reach the whole world. And Jesus knew what was going to happen. So he said, Be ready for this, because the time's going to come when you're going to have to go. You're going to have to reach the world. That's our time now. We're at the place where we have to reach this world. We have to. But look at verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Let's stand. So now the apostles, the disciples, these 120 at least, about, they're watching Jesus go away. Well, what does that mean? That means it's all on them. Now it's all on them to get the work done, to do the job. Jesus has done everything he can do in the flesh to help them taught them trained them prayed for them filled them with his spirit given them an experience that will last for eternity but now it's on them (laughs) and that's where we are today This is not just another church. This is not just another church. This is the church of the living God. This is the church of the Holy Ghost. This is the end time church. This is the thing that God was talking about all along. It's on us. We've been given everything we need to fulfill the Great Commission. I I know I can do more. I know I need to do more. He's given the church everything it needs. But he's given every member of the church, every individual, what we need to do the will of God. Praise God praise God. Why don't you lift your hands right now? I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're resisting the thing that God's asking you to do. Maybe it's your neighbor next door. Maybe it's licensed as a minister. Maybe it's starting a P7. I can't, I can't tell each individual what what god is is you know we talk about the call of god and it's not always you know uh the fivefold ministry god calls all of us first of all into his family we're called to be christians but then he he guides and directs us to to whatever area of ministry whatever work that he wants us to do that's a call of god you can't ignore that the bible says that the gifts and calling of god are without repentance he doesn't change his mind about that. So find those gifts. And then, and then follow the call, whatever it is. Start a daycare, I don't know, whatever God's calling you to do. We don't have time. If we have to travel in a basket, we need to get this done. Praise God. I know God's calling someone this morning. God's talking to somebody. He's been talking to you before I started talking. Why don't you come? Why don't you you come? Let God give you the first step. Let him bring someone alongside of you. Let him show you uh, what it is that he really means. Praise God. Boy, I feel the presence of the Lord here. Praise God. If you will will respond to his presence right now. If you've never been filled with God's Holy Spirit, he wants to fill you to overflowing. The Bible says it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. You, You surrender your sin in repentance. Ask God to forgive you. He's just and faithful to forgive us our sin if we confess it. He's not going to withhold forgiveness. He wants to forgive you. He wants to change your life. He will fill you up you will begin to speak in a language you never knew. Not because you you did everything right, but because he loves you. And he's accepted your repentance and forgiven you of your sin. That's God's will. Please come. You can receive the Holy Ghost this morning before you leave this place, this this new time. Praise God. You can be baptized in Jesus' name and have your sins washed away. It's a refreshing that happens inside your soul you're, you're cleansed, clean, fresh, like a new baby. God is able. Praise God he's able. Thank you, Jesus. And
2: every tongue confess that you
3: Pray
4: with. Let the power of God work through you.
3: Minister what God has given you. God wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. down at your feet. God, we declare your kingdom is here. Mountains have to move. Every chain chain is loose.
4: Say hallelujah. hallelujah, Amen. You know, there's some there's some uh, secular songs that are using that word Hallelujah. I don't know if they know what they're saying, but it's a, it's it's a thousand praises to God or the praises of a multitude. It's so good to see so many in church here this morning. A multitude. There's just something blessed about being in the house of God when God's people are worshiping. I was uh, on. Forced to stay home for like three or four weeks, and the first time I came back to church, it was just like, just like a ocean tide washing over me, feeling the presence of God again. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Continue to keep Pastor Roy in your prayers for healing. Uh, there are so many among us who need miracles of healing and deliverance. So let's continue to pray for one another. Remember the the. Uh, prayer meeting coming up on Friday. God is good all the time. I'm thinking about changing that to God is good and his name is Jesus. How's that sound? Praise God. God bless you. Have a great week. Pray for somebody, witness to somebody, bring somebody to church in Jesus name.